it's time to sit back and relax with your favorite drink and listen. Sometimes I feel it's necessary to put a little warning at the start of the video about the content of the story. And well, tonight I'm going to do the opposite. As sad as you might get, some of you, while the story is going on, please make it to the end because, well, let's just say it'll be worth it. Doll X The rocky trail seemed endless as it separated the towering redwood trees. Malcolm Whitfield and his two kids, Jaden and Alicia, enjoyed their adventurous hiking trip together. Jaden was the youngest, and he held his father's hand with his bright eyes, taking in the distant mountain peaks beyond the vast woodland treeline. Jaden's older sister, Alicia, stayed close behind, and she enjoyed listening to the wind whistling through the ancient trees. But she considered the unknown. Alicia couldn't stop thinking about the horror movies she'd seen that involved monsters hiding in heavily wooded areas. Reluctance haunted Alicia when her father asked her if she wanted to go on a hiking trip with him. It didn't surprise her when her little brother jumped at their father's offer. Alicia tried to persuade her brother not to go, but she wasted her efforts on the audacious six-year-old. Staying at home with her mum and talking about boys with her girlfriend over the phone seemed safer to Alicia, but deep inside... She wanted to get out of the house for a change. She accepted her dad's offer, figuring that walking through Mother Nature's glorious scenery was better than nothing. Alicia, come on! Jaden shouted, while beckoning his sister to walk faster. His bubbly excitement nauseated his sister. I'm coming! Alicia rolled her eyes while picking up the pace. She had on her wireless earbuds, hoping her pop singer heartthrob the weekend would drown out her little brother's voice, but even the weekend couldn't save her from her sibling annoyance. Alicia slapped a mosquito on her arm while marching up the trail with her eyes scanning her surroundings. Malcolm smiled when he looked over his shoulder to see Alicia marching up behind him like a woman soldier on a battlefield. He wanted to take hold of his daughter's hand, but he remembered how he'd tried to hold Alicia's hand one time and she told him she was too old to hold hands. It was a teenage girl thing. Malcolm had to realise that his 16-year-old daughter considered herself to be a grown woman. He couldn't tell her what to do, especially after she got her driver's licence. At least Malcolm had Jaden, who didn't mind holding his dad's hand. Malcolm knew that Jaden would soon grow up and turn into Alicia, an aloof and cynical-minded teenager. Malcolm didn't want Jaden to embrace Alicia's belief system, but he knew it would happen eventually, so he tried to enjoy spending time with Jaden while preparing for the day that puberty would soon snatch his little boy away from him. Malcolm had enjoyable moments with Alicia when she was Jaden's age. He could pick her up and carry her, but now, since his daughter was older, he couldn't kiss her without being antagonized. Miracles happen, and Malcolm knew that convincing Alicia to go on a hiking trip was miraculous. Oh, you think we might run into Bigfoot? Jaden's cooing voice broke his father away from his thoughts. Malcolm chuckled at his son's question. Oh, I hope we don't run into Bigfoot. I'll kick his ass if he comes anywhere near my babies. Malcolm caused Jaden to giggle when he leaned down, tickling the boy's face with his lips. Oh, uh, if we disappeared right now, you think your big sis would notice? Malcolm gave Jaden a mischievous smirk before cutting his eyes behind him to see Alicia preoccupied with her phone. 
He looked back at Jaden to see him slowly shaking his head. I don't think she'd notice. She's got a boyfriend and she ignores me all the time, Jaden told his dad while rolling his eyes. When he looked back up at his father, he could see his dad thinking about something. Before he could say anything else, his father whisked him off the trail, guiding him toward a tree. Jaden snickered as he ran behind the tree with his father, still gripping his hand. Jaden and his dad both peeked around the tree to see Alicia still captivated by her phone, while dragging her feet down the trail with oblivion by her side. Malcolm stood behind his son as he peeked from behind the tree to see his daughter walking further away. He waited for her to look up from her phone, but she never did. Malcolm then guided Jaden to another tree, staying close behind Alicia. It shocked him to see how his daughter continued to walk down the trail with her eyes glued on her phone. He saw how her iPhone enraptured her, and it scared him. He wondered if she would ever notice anything missing. After three long minutes, Malcolm watched as Alicia finally looked up from her phone to see that she was a lone wolf. Pranking his daughter made Malcolm feel guilty, but he pulled his guilt aside, wanting to enjoy the moment. Guys! Alicia called out. The teenager whirled around with confusion displayed across her gorgeous, slender face. Dad! Jaden! Alicia began fidgeting with her long, blossoming braids. She'd always fidget with her hair whenever anxiety would set in. Malcolm chuckled as he watched Alicia walk in a circle with her eyes frantically searching for her dad and her little brother. Jaden had his hand over his mouth, snickering while watching Alicia panic. In Jaden's eyes, he saw his sister as a tall, brown-skinned Barbie doll with dirt on her yellow crop top and her high-rise denim shorts. He saw the Barbie doll screaming and running up and down the trail's pathway with her backpack swinging on her shoulder. Come on, guys, this isn't funny, Alicia shouted. She kept spinning around in frustration while flailing her arms. Her voice echoed around her, matching every panic scream she would unleash. Dad! Jaden, what the fuck? Alicia had let the F word slip from her mouth. She remembered her boyfriend telling her that cursing reduces your fear. The teenager was on the verge of panicking. Alicia prided herself on being brave. She thought of herself as a strong, mature young woman and not a kid. She couldn't let herself be weak. She tried to subdue her anxiety, determined to find her missing father and brother. Alicia stopped walking. She closed her eyes while taking a deep breath. Using a meditation technique helped Alicia think clearly. It's something she'd learned from her mum, who practiced the art of Tai Chi, along with other yoga techniques. Alicia's mum, Olivia, was also a skilled martial artist, and she taught Alicia a few moves. Malcolm had never heard his daughter curse before. When he heard Alicia drop the F-bomb, he realized his little flower was growing up fast and losing her innocence. He was looking at a 16-year-old adult who was gradually distancing herself from the little girl he once knew. He wanted to end the prank, but he couldn't stop watching his daughter go into a meditative state. He saw his wife through his daughter, who was a yoga instructor and a master of meditation. In the next few seconds, Malcolm watched his daughter do something with a phone that would make James Bond proud. He watched as Alicia used her phone to locate him. After clearing her mind and calming herself down, Alicia remembered that her dad had his phone on him and that calling him would be the smart thing to do. She was intelligent and she sensed something mischievous. Is this a joke or something? 
Alicia whispered to herself while calling her father. She smoothly walked toward her father's hiding place when she heard his hip-hop ringtone loudly displaying itself through the air. The voice of the rap icon, young thug, exposed Alicia's dad. She rolled her eyes at her father when he sheepishly stepped out from behind the tree with her little brother by his side. Malcolm turned off his phone while giving his daughter a guilty smile. He couldn't believe how his daughter had caught him through his phone. He flinched a little and chuckled when Alicia lightly punched him in his arm. Never do that again, Alicia rebuked her father, giving him a burning stare. She wanted to be mad at her father, but she cracked a slight grin when he reached down, tickling her nose, which was something he used to do all the time when she was a toddler. You said the F word, young lady. Malcolm put his hands on his hips after bringing his daughter's sinful act to the light. He leaned toward his daughter when she looked down at her feet, shamefully. I guess you got your potty mouth from your mama, because I don't curse, Malcolm bragged, pointing at himself with a slight smirk illuminating his face. If you curse, it helps you to deal with your fear. You left me and you scared me, so I said the F word to calm myself down. Alicia justified herself. I knew you were pranking me, I just had to figure out where you were hiding. Alicia poked her finger into her father's bulky chest. She slowly walked up on her father, giving him a feisty smirk. Malcolm shook his head at his daughter with an amused twinkle in his eyes. Where did you hear that cursing helps you deal with your fear? Malcolm squinted at his daughter through his question. Justin told me that, Alicia answered smugly. Your boyfriend? Malcolm chuckled incredulously. Yep, my boyfriend, and his name is Justin Rivera. He's really intelligent and cool. Alicia turned her back on her father after boasting about her boyfriend. While walking away, she ignored her father's mocking laugh. Your boyfriend's almost 18. I think he's a little too old for my daughter, Malcolm stated as he followed behind Alicia. Jaden still held his father's hand, and he took hold of his sister's hand while watching both of them affectionately fuss at each other. I don't know why you keep talking about Justin's age. You act like he's 30 years old. He's 17 and a half, and I'm 16, Alicia preached at her father. She wasn't prepared for another one of her father's lectures about how dangerous older boys can be. I just don't want your boyfriend to break your heart. Because if he breaks your heart, I'm going to break something on him. The protective father instinct emerged from Malcolm. He knew how older boys only wanted one thing if they were dating a girl younger than them. Now, I know you're going to tell me to mind my own business. But I'm your father, and I love you. I don't want you to get hurt. The smirk on Malcolm's face faded and he reached out to touch his daughter's hair. He smiled again when Alicia sighed while placing her hand on top of his when he caressed her face. Justin isn't the playboy type. I won't get hurt. Stop worrying. Alicia's gentle tone concealed the slightly annoyed inflection in her voice. She wanted to say something else to her father, but a woman's distant, blood-curdling scream assaulted the air. That sounded bad. Jaden mumbled as he looked toward where the screaming was coming from. You think that lady needs help? The little boy still heard the woman scream in his mind as he looked up at his father. Malcolm touched his son's head with a worried expression growing on his face. Hmm, sounded like a woman in trouble. A haunting thought tried to creep up on Malcolm, but he fought it off. The father wanted to be brave in front of his kids. He told himself that maybe it was a wild bird or another kind of animal in distress. 
but his theory flew straight out of the window when he heard the woman scream again. Her screaming touched the sky, and it traveled beyond the trees. That sounded like a woman screaming, Alicia spoke, feeling a pit in her stomach. Oh, she probably needs help. Uh, the screaming came from that direction. Malcolm pointed to the west toward a sea of trees that split the woodland pathway, creating two separate trails. Are you saying that we should follow the woman screaming? Alicia asked her father in disbelief. She wanted to know what her father was planning to do. In every horror movie I've seen, you run away from danger, not toward it, Alicia stated. Her pretty voice trembled as she spoke. She gripped her little brother's hand while staring up at her father, waiting to see what he was going to say. Malcolm lost his thought for a minute as he took a deep breath. If she needs help, your dad needs to help her. But I know you're scared and I don't want you guys in danger. <sighs> Let me think about this. Malcolm placed his sweaty palm on his hip as he frantically looked around. Maybe we should just call the police. Jaden presented his idea as he looked up at his big sister, who was nodding her head in agreement. Yeah, Jaden's right. We should go back to the car and call the police. Alicia grabbed her father by his tattooed arm, and she tried to pull his heavy, muscular body away from where the woman's screams echoed. Her legs became paralyzed when she heard the woman scream again. This time it was louder than before. Holy mother of God, that doesn't sound good. Malcolm wanted to rescue the woman, but he thought of his children, and there were too many unknown factors involved. One thought in the back of his mind told him that the woman's screams might have been something far more sinister. Come on, don't worry about it. We'll call the cops, Alicia told her father, trying to regain her peace of mind. She still had her brother's hand as she dragged her father away with a soft hand gripping his arm. Okay, baby, you're right. We'll call the cops. Malcolm took his daughter and son by their hands, and they all marched in the opposite direction. Oh, I feel so bad, but I had thought it might be a trap. I mean, I've heard of serial killers luring people in by pretending to be in distress. Yeah, they hide out in some secluded wooded areas. It's the perfect place to rob or kill somebody. Malcolm went into a rambling state while trying to contain his panic. He stopped talking when he considered that his words might scare his children. The hiking trip hadn't turned out the way Malcolm thought it would. He wanted to enjoy the moment with his kids, but he could sense an ominous presence in the forest. The father couldn't walk out fast enough. He didn't want to hear that woman scream again. He didn't want whatever was attacking that woman in the forest to hunt him down and his children. Malcolm felt tempted to swoop his kids into his arms and take out running. He was a physical trainer and a former pro bodybuilder, so he could carry his son and daughter while running at full speed. I feel like we're in a real-life Dr. Creepin horror story, Alicia blurted out while walking swiftly. She kept looking over her shoulder, making sure they weren't being followed. She kept her hand locked around her father's, and she made sure not to let go of her little brother. Who the hell's Dr. Creepin? Malcolm asked, chuckling in amusement. He'd forgotten about his daughter telling him how she liked Dr. Creepin's voice and the stories that authors submitted to his YouTube channel. Dr. Creepin's a horror narrator. He reads scary stories and his listeners, especially the women, love his voice. I subscribed to his YouTube channel a month ago and he reads the creepiest damn stories. I love his voice, though. He sounds like a meditation therapist. 
Alicia giggled a little. She kept talking to her father even when she felt a negative atmosphere following them from a distance. I feel like we're in a Dr. Creepin story. I keep hearing him saying it's time to sit back and relax with your favorite drink. I know it sounds weird, but that's what he says at the beginning of his videos. Alicia shook her head with a nervous giggle lingering in her throat. The teenager walked faster, and she felt a little out of breath, but not from walking. We're not in one of these Dr. Creepin stories, sweetheart, I can assure you. Malcolm chuckled a little. Everything's going to be fine. Your big, strong dad's going to keep you all safe, Malcolm told his daughter through a confident smile. Well, he tried to stay calm, and he wanted his daughter and son to feel like their father could protect them. Jaden gripped his sister's hand when he heard something rustling in a group of trees beside the trail. The little boy shook off his paranoia, assuming that it was a squirrel or a raccoon. Being afraid was a feeling that Jaden loathed. He wanted to be brave like his dad. Jaden also had a love for superheroes, and his favorite superhero was Batman, because, well, Batman's courage made him strong instead of superpowers. Jaden could sense that something wasn't right, but he ignored the feeling. He smiled back up at his dad while wiping his little sweaty palm across his Batman t-shirt, which his father had bought for him a year ago. It was unnaturally quiet, and even the birds had stopped chirping. There were no nature sounds in the forest. It was dead silent. The silence surrounded Malcolm and his kids. It stalked them as if it was a living predator. Jaden never let go of his sister's hand, and he kept peeking over his shoulder when he could sense someone following them. The little boy tried to be brave, but he stopped walking and his body went cold when he looked up to see something hovering above the trees. It hovered in the sky for a moment before making its descent toward them. Jaden knew that what he was looking at was not a bird, because birds don't have a pair of breasts or a vagina. Alicia's heart rate increased when her brother stopped walking. Jaden, sweetheart, what's wrong? Alicia couldn't believe that she'd just called her little brother sweetheart, which was something she rarely did. But she knew that fear can make you do unusual things. Alicia followed her brother's finger as he slowly pointed upward. Her mouth fell open when she looked up to see a naked young woman floating ten feet above the ground. The woman looked completely normal, except for her fiery eyes and her levitation. She had a mohawk hairstyle and tattoos covered her shapely body from head to toe. The woman was beautiful, but her ignited eyes overpowered her exotic facial features. Alicia could tell that the woman was foreign, judging from the Arab facial features. Malcolm stood in front of his kids, protectively. He couldn't move, and he told himself not to believe what his eyes were seeing. The normal reaction would have been to run, but no one could move a single muscle. Utter shock arrested Malcolm, his daughter, and his little boy. Well, Jaden had never seen a naked woman before, let alone a naked, levitating woman. He eased his sister's hand away from his face when she tried to cover his eyes. When Jaden saw the floating naked woman... He thought about the female superhero Katana in his Suicide Squad video game. The little boy saw the woman as Katana, but without her sword, her mask, and her leather outfit. Instead of being afraid of the woman, the kindling flames in her eyes mesmerized Jaden. 
Jade and the sister, though, did not feel the same way. We need to run, Alicia whispered to her father after regaining her voice and her sense of urgency. She tried to move her legs, but her apprehension kept them frozen. It was like her brain was telling her to run, but her body wasn't receiving the signal. Right after Alicia spoke to her father, the naked woman dropped to the ground like a brick. Alicia jumped back after the woman fell out of the air while moaning in agony. She panicked when Jaden broke free from her hand, running toward the woman. Jaden, get back here! Alicia stamped her foot, outraged by her brother's sudden actions. She yelled at Jaden, wanting to chase after him, but she still couldn't move. She shot an alarmed stare at her father, who also couldn't move, and it horrified him to see his young son running over to this naked woman. She's hurt. We need to help her. Jaden flung his backpack off his shoulder before kneeling beside the woman. Jaden, stay away from her. I don't think she's human, Malcolm finally said to his son, and he bolted toward Jaden when he realized what he was letting his son do. Don't hurt my son, Malcolm yelled at the woman after she slowly lifted a slender hand from the ground, touching his son's face and he could see that the woman was suffering from something that brought her insufferable pain. Malcolm no longer viewed the woman as a threat, but he didn't want to take any chances. I'm not going to hurt anyone. Just calm the fuck down. The woman spoke up to Malcolm through a distraught, shattered voice. Wrenching pain in her stomach caused her to grab her midsection while gasping. Jaden quickly pulled out his phone. I'm calling 911. The boy wanted to help the woman when he could see that something was tormenting her body. Watching the woman fight for her life made Jaden forget that he'd just seen her levitating in midair a minute ago. No, don't call 911. I'm going to die. Calling 911 will be a waste of your time, baby, the young woman told Jaden, placing her hand over his phone. She held the boy's hand for a moment while giving him a half-smile, which didn't last long when... Another stabbing pain disrupted her nervous system. Oh, shit! It hurts! The woman coughed up her words through a half-whisper. The fire in her eyes subsided. She looked up at Malcolm and Alicia when they both kneeled over her. Alicia couldn't believe that she already had her fingers compassionately stroking the woman's perspiring forehead. She didn't have a fear of the woman anymore, even when she saw a burst of golden light pulsate across the young woman's body. It looked like a lightning storm was erupting beneath the woman's skin. She had tears in her eyes while gazing up at Alicia. She took hold of the girl's hand and squeezed it when another stabbing sensation jolted her spine. Oh my God, what's happening? Malcolm stuttered as he gently placed his hand on the young woman's face. Watching the woman cry out in agony while gasping for air gave Malcolm flashbacks of his wife when she went into labor. He saw himself at his wife's side in the emergency room, holding her hand while she was giving birth. He's coming. You need to take your children and run. Or if he finds you, he'll kill you. He'll tell his men to kill your children. The woman grunted out some of her words between gulping and whimpering through her tears. She grabbed Malcolm's hand, wanting to tell him what was wrong with her, but before she could say another word, her heartbeats collapsed and her respiratory system locked up along with her vital organs. The young woman released Malcolm's hand, and it fell to her side, slapping the ground. 
Her eyes rolled back into her skull, and the fire in her eyes dwindled, along with the golden light in her pretty face. Alicia had never seen someone die before in real life. It sent a disheartening wave of nausea through her body. The girl looked up at her father while still holding the dead woman's hand. Alicia didn't say it, but you could see through the lost gaze she gave her father. It was a look that said, What the hell just happened? For a minute or two, no one said a word to each other. Malcolm stared back at his daughter, feeling equally perplexed over the situation. He wondered if he was dreaming. A levitating, naked woman wasn't something you'd see every day. At least Malcolm had the comfort of knowing that he wasn't hallucinating since he wasn't the only one who watched a flying naked woman die. Malcolm admired the woman's beauty, and he felt bad for her. He still wasn't sure if she was human, but he remembered the warning she gave him before she died. She told him that they were coming. Who were they? Malcolm had a lot of questions, but there was no time for answers, especially when he could hear a distant booming sound coming down the trail sounded like rap music booming out of a car. Moving like an Olympic sprinter, Malcolm grabbed his daughter and his son by their hands before taking out running toward a thicket of trees. Hiding in the thicket was the best decision. Something was coming down the trail. Something murderous. Alicia almost twisted her ankle when her father grabbed her hand and forced her to run. She didn't understand why they were hiding behind a thicket, then she heard the menacing, booming music. Alicia peeked through a spiderweb of tree branches to see a midnight black four-door sports car with tinted windows rolling down the trail at a crawling pace. Its wide-performance tires rolled across gravel and broken twigs. It had chrome rims that shimmered like diamonds, and there was no engine noise because the car was all electric. Malcolm recognized the four-door sports car because it was his car. Someone else was behind the wheel of his electric Porsche Taycan Turbo, and they brought it to a rolling stop a few inches away from the dead woman's feet. Another vehicle was following behind Malcolm's Porsche. It was a lime-green Range Rover, and the SUV looked like it belonged to an episode of MTV's Pimp My Ride. Alicia's mouth dropped open when she saw her daddy's car crawling down the trail with the lime-green Range Rover following close behind it. She could tell that the Range Rover was a gangstermobile, and its windows were blacker than the tinted windows on her daddy's Porsche. It looked like a drug dealer's whip, and the gangster rap music that boomed out of it vibrated the ground. The SUV's tires had chrome-rotating spinner rims, which gave the illusion that the car was still moving while at a standstill. Now, in hip-hop culture, spinner arms were popular in the early 2000s, but spinner rims soon faded out of vogue within the hip-hop community in the mid-2000s. Well, Alicia knew that whoever was driving the Range Rover was late to the game with the latest hip-hop trend. Jaden instantly recognized his father's car, and he almost panicked. That's our car, the little boy blurted out, almost jumping up from behind the thicket. Jaden fell back down behind, though, when his father grabbed him with his finger up to his lips. I know that's our car, but we gotta stay low. The guys who stole our car might do something bad to us, Malcolm told his son through a whisper. We can't let them know we're here, okay, little man? Malcolm watched his son reply by slowly nodding his head. 
He gave his son a brief smile while holding him in his arms. Malcolm put his arm around his daughter, and he could see that Alicia was at a loss for words. She wanted to say something, but all she could do was hold her father's hand. She knew they couldn't escape the woodland area since a group of thugs had confiscated her father's porch. The day had turned for the worse, and Alicia knew they were in trouble when she saw two brawny men step out of her father's car. The man who stepped out of the driver's side wore nothing but a black leather vest and blue jeans. He had a powerful build, and he had no shirt beneath his vest. The muscles in his arms and chest were outrageously massive. He had on aviator sunglasses and a barbaric beard that draped over his tattooed chest. What really got Alicia's attention was the long, nasty scar on the side of his smooth-shaven head. It looked like an old knife wound, and it added more fire to his brutal appearance. Jaden saw the other man step out of his father's car. He had a ponytail, and the protruding muscles in his broad shoulders and arms flexed beneath his expensive white suit jacket. He had on a silver v-neck muscle shirt beneath the suit jacket, and his wide neck sported a gold necklace. A pencil-thin moustache contemplated his lethally handsome face, and his high cheekbones and straight black hair gave him a Native American appearance. Jen's mind went blank when she saw the man with the ponytail pull an MP5 submachine gun from beneath his suit jacket. Malcolm saw a woman jump out of the Green Range Rover. The woman was hysterical, and she attacked the man with a ponytail. And Malcolm cringed when he saw the man slap the woman. She fell to the ground, gasping and sobbing. Malcolm admired the woman's Arabian-like beauty. She wore a strapless, sheathed dress, and the sunset gold in her dress matched her flawless skin tone. Malcolm could sense that the woman was about to die. He found out that the man with the ponytail was the gang leader, that his name was Arnando, because the woman kept screaming his name even after he bitch-slapped her. You killed my daughter! You killed my little girl! The woman kept screaming. She jumped up from the ground, running toward her daughter's body. My Nicole is dead because of you. You're an animal. We paid you for the supply and you poisoned my daughter. The woman held her daughter's naked body close to her chest while looking up at Armando through her tear-soaked eyes. Armando aimed his machine gun down at the woman while giving her a sadistic smirk. Your daughter knew what she was doing when she took the drug. Armando spoke for the first time and his voice had a calming essence. I warned your little girl. She didn't listen to me. I told her that the narcotic had side effects. Yeah, Dolex will enhance your physical abilities, but it will kill you if your nervous system negatively responds to its ion level. Arnando rolled his eyes at the woman and her dead daughter. Your daughter thought Daleks would transform her into Wonder Woman. Ah, she didn't consider the side effects, and now she's dead. Arnando then laughed at the woman's tears, and he wanted to spit on the woman's dead daughter, but he restrained himself. Arnando wasn't human. He was a thug who called himself the bad boy from another solar system. And Arnando despised doing drug deals with gangsters of human descent. But he liked the money. Things turned for the worst when Malcolm and his children saw a wounded young man being dragged out of the Range Rover. It was the dead young woman's husband, 
and then Arnando ordered one of his men to pull the woman's fiancé out of the car so he could kill him in front of his mother-in-law. No, don't, the woman screamed up at Arnando when she saw that he was about to shoot her son-in-law. She didn't want to let go of her daughter's body, but she also didn't want to see her daughter's fiancé get killed. Well, she knew Arnando was ruthless. When she jumped up and grabbed his arm, he made her pay for trying to stop him from killing her son-in-law. Malcolm tried to cover his eyes, but it was too late. He didn't want to see his son and daughter witness a woman get shot in the head at point-blank range. He grabbed Alicia and Jaden, holding them close, after he watched Arnando blow the woman's brains all over the ground. He killed her smoothly, without even thinking about it. Alicia had to keep telling herself that what she saw was not fake. She had to tell herself that she wasn't watching a horror film. That woman's blood was real. When her body dropped to the ground beside her daughter's body, it was real. Now, watching a killer in action was something Alicia didn't expect to see in her lifetime. And she didn't want to meet Arnando. She didn't want her father and brother to meet him. If Arnando could kill a woman in the blink of an eye, then he'd have a field day killing a father and his two children. This thought crept into Alicia's mind. Malcolm felt like someone had punched him in the stomach. He couldn't figure out how he was going to protect his children from three non-human gunmen who were bloodthirsty gangsters. Gangsters who'd seized his car, and now his worst fear was confronting Armando, who seemed to get a thrill out of taking human life. Malcolm had to pinch himself after the deadly circumstances reminded him he was looking at a murderous thug who wasn't human. Well, this had to be some kind of sci-fi horror movie production that was being shot on location in the heart of a northern California forest. Malcolm thought he'd accidentally stumbled upon a Hollywood filming with his son and daughter. Well, this was what he wanted to believe. It was the only way he could deal with the surrealism of the situation. Arnando was no Hollywood actor. He was the worst kind of criminal. An extraterrestrial bad boy who hated humans and he expressed his hatred through his killing style. Every drug deal would end with Arnando executing his human business partners. He would mock them for buying his narcotic, which he created. Now, the scientific name for Arnando's narcotic was Lexion 12, but Arnando called it Doll X. The synthetic drug comprised of a star-based chemical that gave enhanced physical abilities to whoever consumed it. There were side effects that would inevitably destroy the genetics of the person who consumed Dolex. There were other ingredients in Arnando's narcotic, which were classified. Well, Arnando could see that most of his human clients could not handle the drug side effects, and this amused him. He found it funny that his human clients never hesitated to pay for a narcotic that could kill them. His human clients were too busy focusing on how the narcotic would enhance their physical abilities. Many human clients were unworthy of Arnando's drug, including a young Indonesian woman named Nicole Sanjaya and her fiancé, Brandon Harris. Nicole died, and now it was Brandon's turn. Arnando kneeled in front of Nicole's fiancé with a murderous twinkle in his emerald green eyes, which resembled snake eyes because of his reptilian bloodline. Malcolm kept his son and daughter close to him, he wanted to cover his children's eyes because he knew that Arnando was about to execute the dead woman's fiancé. 
He could see that the young man was dying already. Dolex was insinuating every cell in the young man's body. It was killing him slowly, just like it had done his fiancée. The narcotic that you took was not designed for the human body. You people can't handle its power. Arnando snorted and chuckled in the young man's face. I'm so glad I'm not human. I don't need to take a narcotic so I can have infinite power. I was born with superior strength, unlike your worthless species. Arnando grabbed the young man by the collar of his shirt, pulling him closer toward his face. You fucking earth people... Arnando hissed in the young man's face before morphing into something that resembled a serpent. Poisonous fangs emerged from between Arnando's lips. His eyes turned into two slits. His cheekbones stretched back against his ears. Thorns emerged from his head and the skin of his face turned black and scaly like the skin of a snake. Alicia's mouth fell open after she watched a man transform into a bulky, humanoid reptile with a goatee and a ponytail. The girl shuddered after she watched Arnando bury his fangs deep into the dying young man's face. She saw his face get torn to bloody shreds in a matter of seconds. Arnando devoured it in a few bites. He tore off the young man's lips, his chin, his nose, and a piece of his eyeball. A second bite extricated the young man's tongue from his mouth. Arnando crushed the bones in the young man's face. His powerful jaws and teeth obliterated his victim's cheekbone. Blood spurted out of the young man's head and his body went limp. Arnando then told his men to release the woman's fiancé. The men were holding him up like a shirt on a clothes hanger. Arnando stood back and watched as the young man collapsed to the ground, falling flat on his ruptured face. He chuckled while folding his massive arms and admiring his handiwork. He maintained his inhuman appearance for a moment and a rumbling growl escaped his throat when he looked down at the other two victims that laid at his feet. Malcolm wanted to grab his children and run. He didn't know that he'd put his kids and himself in danger by going on a hiking trip. Well, the only way of escaping the woods was on foot since Hernando and his men had possession of his car. Malcolm didn't know what these men were, and he didn't want to stay in the forest to find out. He knew they weren't human, and that's all he needed to know. When he saw Arnando's face transform into something prehistoric, he realized that the search for alien life would come to a destructive end for the human race. Alien life had arrived on Earth, and it wasn't worth searching for. Well, Earth already had enough human criminals. The last thing it needed were thugs from another universe. The atmosphere went quiet for a moment. Malcolm wanted to stay perfectly still while hiding behind the thicket with his children. He did not want Arnando and his men to find their hiding place. He knew these non-human criminals would execute him and his children with no hesitation. Malcolm wanted to stay quiet, but he had to realize that in life you don't always get what you want. The situation took a dark U-turn when a loud snap assaulted Malcolm's ears. He looked around at his son, who'd accidentally laid his knee on a large twig, snapping it in half. The loud crack whipped through the air and it seemed like it echoed for miles. Malcolm still had his arm around his son and he couldn't believe the sound he heard. A broken twig caught beneath his son's knee was all it took to blow their cover. There was no use hiding anymore. Malcolm knew that Arnando and his man had heard the sound. He took his eyes off his son 
and he peered through the branches of the thicket to see Arnando and his men staring straight at them with their guns drawn. Alicia panicked when she saw Arnando take a step toward the thicket with his small caliber machine gun aimed at the branches. The teenager jumped up and she took out running, pulling her father along with her. She screamed when she heard repetitive mechanical clanking coming from the machine gun. Alicia heard a bullet slice the air after it whipped past her ear, striking a nearby tree branch. And now Malcolm had no choice. He had to follow his daughter since she was gripping his hand and leading the way. The terrified father held his son with one arm, and he could hear the bullets whizzing past his head. One bullet kissed the side of Malcolm's leg, but his adrenaline kept him moving. Malcolm didn't want to look back. He knew they were being chased as they ran deeper into the woods. The trees were closing in behind them, but Malcolm could still hear bullets striking the trees as he ran past. There was a steep embankment ahead, and the trees kept it hidden from Alicia's eyes. The girl lost her father's hand and her footing when she fell down the embankment, rolling over broken tree branches and small rocks. She lost her backpack and her phone. There was a massive log sitting at the bottom of the embankment, and Alicia stopped herself from rolling down just in time. Her father never rolled down the embankment. Instead, he was sliding down it with still holding her brother. Alicia saw blood on her father's tank top when she looked to see him sliding down toward her. She panicked, thinking that the inhuman gangsters had shot him. But the situation was far worse. It wasn't her father's blood she saw. It was her little brother's. An armor-piercing bullet had gone through Jaden's torso, and another bullet ripped through his shoulder. The little boy was in a great deal of pain, and the only way he could deal with the pain was by passing out. Daddy! Alicia screamed while reaching out to take her wounded brother out of his arms. Jaden! Oh my God! Malcolm didn't even realize that they'd shot his son until his daughter tried to take the child out of his arms. He looked to see his little boy slipping in and out of consciousness. Malcolm and his daughter needed to hide still. One of Arnando's men was pursuing them, and he was in his reptilian form. Come on, we need to hide, Malcolm told his daughter with a distraught tremor in his voice. It took a second for the father to hide his daughter and his wounded son beneath the massive log that used to be a sequoia tree. Beneath the log was a small cave-like structure. Well, it surprised Malcolm to see this structure. He saw a large rat crawl out of the small cave, but he didn't care. It was safer to be inside. Alicia carried her brother carefully, and she could still hear him breathing. His little body still had warmth, but she had an ominous sense of death. Alicia laid against the cave's rocky walls while cradling her brother. It was dark, wet and cramped inside the cave, but none of that mattered to her. Seeing a bullet hole in her brother's stomach instantly brought tears to her eyes. Blood soaked into Jaden's Batman t-shirt. Jaden, you hear me? It's going to be all right, baby. Daddy's here. Malcolm whispered down to his son while trying to use his hands to stop the blood from leaking out of Jaden's stomach. The father almost lost his mind when he saw the wound on his son's shoulder, not wanting to believe that the gangsters had shot his son twice while he was still in his arms. Jaden could hear his father's voice, but he couldn't see him. The tears in the little boy's eyes blurred his vision. He was afraid to breathe because every time he'd inhale, a sharp pain would shoot up from his stomach and stab his chest. Jaden whimpered 
and he wanted to say something to his father, but the pain wouldn't allow him to speak. Alicia brushed her fingers through her brother's wavy afro. Her heart trembled when Jaden released a gasping cough. She watched as her father tried to use his hands to stop the bleeding. Too much blood exited from Jaden's stomach, and the child couldn't fight the pain. The bullets had gone through Jaden's left kidney and exited through his right lung. It made the child aware of the lethal damage it left behind. Jaden could hear his big sister trying to comfort him, and he felt her finger stroking through his hair. He could feel his father's hand caressing his face. The little boy tried to hold on, but he couldn't. He saw a vision of his mum before he stopped breathing, and the last thing he remembered was his mum hugging and kissing him while telling his father to keep him and his sister safe on their hiking trip. The little boy remembered his mum fussing at his dad and telling him she wanted nothing bad to happen to her baby. Jaden's last memory wasn't his mum. He also thought about the naked woman who died in front of him and how she must have felt. The child thought about how the woman had gripped his hand before taking her last breath. Now it was Jaden's turn to experience what death felt like. He felt alone, even though his sister and father were holding him. Darkness covered Jaden's eyes. As the child faded away, the first thing to go was his vision. There was no way Jaden could make it to a hospital. They were too far away from the nearest medical centre. Dying was the only way Jaden could escape his excruciating pain. Since his lungs were filling up with blood, the little boy felt like he was drowning. His six-year-old mind couldn't deal with his body losing a quart of blood every second, and he couldn't handle the stabbing sensation in his chest. Jaden thought about his mum one last time before he died. Alicia heard it when her little brother stopped breathing. She slowly lifted her teary eyes to her father, unable to say a single word. After watching her brother die in her arms, the child felt like someone had stabbed her in the chest. Malcolm tried not to cry in front of his daughter. He knew his son was dead, but he kept telling himself to be strong for her. It didn't work. Malcolm broke down in tears after he remembered what his wife had told him. She had said to protect their children. Well, he just couldn't see himself telling his wife that alien, drug-dealing gangsters had shot and killed her baby without his wife thinking he'd lost his mind. He saw his wife attacking him. His wife would blame him. Malcolm saw his whole life in shambles. Even if they made it out of the forest alive, Malcolm would still have to answer to his wife. He kept looking down at Jaden, with his hand still caressing the dead child's forehead. Images of his son as a toddler kept arising in his mind. He saw his son learning how to walk for the first time. He saw his son on a playground swing, and he saw himself pushing his son down a water slide. Malcolm thought about how he'd helped Jaden study for his math test a few weeks ago. He remembered when he picked Jaden up from school, and how his son had jumped excitedly into the car while showing his dad the B-plus he got on his test. Malcolm waited to wake up from this unreal situation. It had to be an insane nightmare. No way was this real. Malcolm just couldn't fathom it. He felt like he was on the brink of going insane. It all happened too fast. Malcolm reached over to touch his daughter's face when she gave in to her tears. The father never took his hand off his son's face. He wept over Jaden and he kept expecting his little boy to open his eyes. Malcolm lost all confidence in himself. 
when he couldn't see how he was going to protect his daughter if he couldn't even protect his son, who was in his arms when he was shot. Dad, what are we going to do? Alicia asked, while gasping and swallowing hard. She tried to stop herself from sobbing, but she couldn't prevent the tears from drowning her eyes. We killed him. He's dead. Alicia's voice elevated, and it ricocheted off the cave's walls. She didn't realize she was yelling until her father placed his hand over her lips, trying to calm her down. It's okay, sweetheart. We have to be quiet, Malcolm whispered to his daughter, his tears soaking into his beard. They shot him. You were holding him. How the fuck did he get shot? Alicia whispered harshly to her father. She tried not to go into shock. It would be a hiking trip that Alicia would never forget. She kept glancing down at Jaden, wanting him to move. She couldn't believe she was holding a motionless little boy in her lap. A nauseating sensation struck Alicia faster than a lightning bolt. The urge to vomit overtook her, and she threw up on a slab of rock that lay beside her. Alicia found out how awful it felt to cry and vomit at the same time. She moaned when she felt a whirring sensation in her head. After she'd thrown up, she couldn't talk anymore. She wanted to apologize to her father for freaking out on him, but her sorrow drained all the energy out of her body at a rapid pace. Malcolm's fingers cascaded through his daughter's hair. He tried to comfort her, even though he needed comforting himself. He held his breath when he heard heavy footsteps radiating from outside the cave. He put his finger over his lips, telling his daughter to stay quiet. Alicia heard the footsteps. She heard them crunching the leaves and the broken branches above the cave. It didn't take long for the footsteps to reach the log that hung over the cave. The log vibrated a little. It was lodged between two boulders which kept it from collapsing in front of the cave's entrance. A snarling rumble accompanied the footsteps. There was also the loud click of a machine gun being reloaded. Malcolm's body tightened when he saw two powerfully muscular legs appear in front of the cave's entrance. The legs weren't human. They had prickly horns on them, like a cactus. Malcolm stayed perfectly still, and he held his daughter's hand. Alicia didn't want to die, but she saw herself getting killed. She didn't want to see her father get killed. Losing her little brother had been bad enough. She rejected the possibility of her and her father being killed by Hernando and his men. Well, she knew that they weren't men at all. Like her father, Alicia never took her eyes off the dark reptilian legs that stood motionless in front of the cave. It was strange and horrifying to see ripped-up denim blue jeans on a pair of muscular legs with snake scales. She thought she was looking at the legs of a man wearing a Halloween costume, but she had to keep reminding herself that what she was seeing was no costume. Alicia wanted to call for help. She wanted to pull out her phone and call the police. She also wanted to call her mum, who was a park ranger, but calling her mum would do her no good since her mum worked at a national park in another state. She soon found out that she couldn't call anyone even if she wanted to because her phone was missing. She didn't know that it had fallen out of her pocket when she'd rolled down the embankment. Malcolm still had his daughter's hand with his body shielding his dead son. He didn't want the reptilian attacker to crawl inside the cave and cause more harm to Jaden's body. He didn't want the attacker to kill his daughter or him. Malcolm prayed to God. He didn't know what he would do if the reptilian gangster made his way inside the cave. 
Malcolm could fight. He got into street fights when he was a teenager, but he never got into a fight with a man that was half snake. Malcolm had no weapon on him. A minute ago he felt tempted to lunge out of the cave and attack the reptilian man with his bare hands. He wanted vengeance for what the gangsters did to his child. But he knew that attacking the monster and leaving his daughter behind would be foolish. He already knew that he would have to fight Armando's men, and that Arnando would probably be the one to finish him. Malcolm had to think of a way for him and his daughter to escape. There were doubts in Malcolm's mind. He questioned if he could protect his daughter, since he couldn't protect his son, and he knew that the death of his little boy would haunt him to his grave. It was agony waiting to see if death would come. Malcolm and Alicia breathed a sigh of relief when the bulky reptilian legs finally moved away from the cave's entrance. Sweat drenched Alicia's clothes. Her tears never dried on her face. She held her brother's dead body like a little girl holding her favorite doll. She regretted fussing at her brother whenever he'd annoy her, and she regretted not wanting to play with him. She regretted calling him names like Munchkin and Little Turd. Alicia wished she had a second chance to show her little brother how much she loved him. She knew she would never get that second chance now. I'm going to kill him. Your daddy's going to kill him. Malcolm whispered to his daughter through clenched teeth. They shot Jaden. They shot my little man. Your daddy's going to make sure those mothers pay for what they did. Malcolm broke down in tears again when he looked down to see his son's blood on his shirt and hands. He wanted to scream out to release his rage, but his daughter's hand resting against his face prevented him. What if they kill you? I mean, what if they kill us like they killed Jaden? Alicia spoke her worst fear to her father through a soft tone of voice, when she could barely talk through her shortness of breath from crying. Alicia didn't want to see her father get killed. She also didn't want them to be trapped in a cave that was smaller than a sewer tunnel. They're not going to kill us. Malcolm did his best to assure his daughter. The possibility of death tormented Malcolm, but he tried to ignore it. He wanted to remain confident for his daughter's sake. Retaining confidence became difficult, though, especially when the voice of his wife, Olivia, suddenly appeared outside the cave. Alicia questioned her ears when she heard her mother's distant voice. She couldn't believe what she was hearing. Malcolm, Alicia, the woman's voice breathed into the cave. Alicia, honey, I found your phone. It's broken. Guys, where are you? Olivia's voice sounded distressed. She continued to call out to Malcolm and Alicia, hoping to receive a reply. Malcolm had to believe that he was hearing his wife's voice. Hearing her voice almost made him glad, but... Caution grabbed him. His daughter leaped up when she heard her mother's voice too. Dad, it's Mom! Alicia exclaimed. She kept her brother's body cradled in her arms when she jumped up, making her way toward the cave's entrance. Alicia was about to run, but her father grabbed her arm. Baby, wait a minute. I don't think that's your mom, Malcolm told his daughter through a steady whisper. He felt alarmed by the situation, and he wanted his daughter to approach the situation with the same caution he had. Daddy, what are you talking about? It's Mum. Who else could it be? Alicia tried not to shout at her father. 
She snatched her arm away, not wanting him to smash her only ounce of hope. Right after she'd snapped at her father, her mother's voice appeared again. I'm here with the police. I follow you guys because I sensed something bad was going to happen. I told the police and they came here with me, Olivia announced. Her voice seemed to get closer to the cave's entrance. Alicia was about to respond to her mother, but she noticed that her mom's Korean accent was slightly off. Something wasn't quite right about it. The pronunciation of certain words wasn't formed correctly. Alicia could also sense the slight unnatural tone and inflection in her mum's accent. She had to face the truth, and she didn't want to. Alicia held her brother's dead body close to her chest while sitting down beside her father. She faced reality, even though she didn't want to. If that's not mum's voice, then who is it? Alicia whispered to her father after he wrapped his arm around her. She has my phone. I lost it when I fell. That's when I looked and I saw you holding Jaden and I saw the blood on his shirt. Alicia couldn't talk anymore. She still had tears in her eyes while gazing up at her father, seeing herself dying the way her brother did. I don't know, baby. Malcolm gave the only answer he could think of. He covered his daughter with his arm while caressing her shoulder. Look, we're going to make it out of here, I promise. But we have to wait for a while. Malcolm then took a deep breath, hoping not to lose his daughter the same way he'd lost his son. I'll protect you. I'll be damned if I lose both of you. Malcolm rested his lips against his daughter's face when she broke down in tears again. The night was approaching, and the subtle daylight that entered the cave would soon be extinguished by unrelenting darkness. Hiding inside of a cave for five hours was too long. Alicia had drifted off to sleep, and she woke up to the sound of wind, rain, and thunder. The wind was high, and the heavy rainfall saturated the air, but Alicia could still hear what sounded like her mum's voice calling out in the distance. She thought it was her imagination. She thought that maybe her mind interpreted the high wind as being her mum's voice. Thunder would interrupt Alicia's thoughts every few minutes. Flashes of lightning would briefly illuminate the cave. A burst of cold air rushed into the cave, and it woke Malcolm up. The father bolted up, feeling completely disoriented. He took hold of his daughter when a thunderous rumble caused her to flinch. What time is it? Alicia asked through a tired voice. The girl placed a hand on her father's wrist, trying to see if she could make out the time on his wristwatch through the darkness. Her father's apple watch glowed in the dark, which helped her to see that it was 8.15pm. Malcolm couldn't believe what time it was. His thoughts were upside down and he tried to gather himself. Disorientation morphed into horror when he looked down at his daughter's lap and noticed that something was missing. An alarming chill went up through Malcolm's spine. What's wrong? Alicia caught the horrified expression on her father's face. The teenager still felt half asleep, and she didn't notice that her little brother's body was gone. When her father brought it to her attention, she almost screamed. Where's Jaden? You were holding him. Malcolm stood up in disbelief. He remembered watching his son die. The thought of his little boy rising from the dead and walking out of the cave while him and his daughter were sleeping intensified his chills. I don't know. He was in my lap. Alicia could barely talk, and she stood with her father. 
Her eyes kept falling on Jaden's blood that was still smeared on the front of her yellow tank top. Did someone come into the cave and take him? Maybe it was Mom. Alicia tried to make sense of the situation, but that was impossible to do. Well, she didn't expect things to get weirder. Alicia liked excitement in her life, but not this type of excitement. I don't know what's going on, but we need to find him. Malcolm took his daughter by the hand, and they both cautiously approached the cave's opening. The wind pushed against Malcolm and his daughter as they made their way out. Walking out of the dark cave into a rainstorm felt equivalent to exiting a dungeon to meet the devil. Malcolm enjoyed Mother Nature, but at the moment he saw her as being a bitch after the daunting wind and the violent rain pummeled his face. Alicia saw the trees come to life. The forest danced in the rain. The branches kicked and swayed against the torrential downpour. Rainwater drenched Alicia and her father within a second. They could barely breathe from the rain flooding their mouth and nose. Darkness covered the woodlands like a massive black ocean. Thunder shook the ground as if the hand of God was beating the earth like a drum. Every thunderous outbreak would disrupt the beating rhythm of Alicia's heart. She had a firm grip on her father's arm while still holding his hand, and she almost stumbled over a few rocks. Malcolm squinted through the rain and the tall trees. He had a feeling that something was hiding amongst them, watching him and his daughter in the dark. Malcolm had never forgotten about Arnondo. He never forgot about his men. He knew what they were capable of. They had already taken the life of his son with no problem, and now Malcolm had to figure out why his son's body was missing. Charging through a black, deep forest made Malcolm wish he was anywhere else with his daughter, somewhere safer and peaceful. The monsters could be anywhere, waiting for the right time to attack Malcolm and his daughter and he played out a scenario in his head of how he would protect his daughter from a reptilian man. Could he fight something non-human? Would it quickly gain the upper hand? He thought about what would happen if he had to fight Arnondo. Malcolm didn't want to confront him. He wanted to find his son's body and get his daughter out of the woods as quickly as possible. Malcolm thought about the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Predator. He didn't want to think about him and his daughter possibly being hunted in the woods by men from another world. A distant, familiar voice withdrew Malcolm from his fearful thoughts. As soon as he heard the voice, he saw something. Malcolm grabbed his daughter and he pushed her behind a tree when he saw his son standing motionless twenty feet away with his back turned. My God, is that Jaden? Alicia whispered to her father after he glanced around the tree to see her little brother standing between two trees. He's alive! Daddy, he's alive! Alicia became excited, not knowing all the factors. She gave her father a confused gaze when he gently placed his hand over her lips. Malcolm slowly shook his head. That's not Jaden, he told his daughter with certainty in every word. Malcolm felt that foreboding pit in his stomach again. It was the same feeling he'd had when he'd heard his wife's voice outside the cave. Daddy, that's Jaden, he's alive. Alicia refused to believe her father. She wanted to believe in a miracle. She peeked around the tree to see Jaden still standing motionless with the rainwater soaking his Batman t-shirt and shorts. Alicia's heart trembled when she saw someone kneeling in front of Jaden. Within a fraction of a second, 
she could see that the person kneeling in front of him was her mum. She saw her mother's familiar sleeveless white summer dress. She saw her floral headscarf. Alicia had a picture of her mother on her phone's lock screen, and she noticed that her mother wore the same clothes that she wore in the picture. Alicia never doubted that it was her mum. No other woman could duplicate her mother's slender figure and her foreign beauty. And Malcolm saw his wife, Olivia. He wanted to believe that it was his wife, but something kept telling him that it wasn't. What baffled Malcolm was the sight of his son standing in front of his wife, alive. Something was wrong. All it took was a few flashes of lightning to reveal a snakeskin beneath his wife's flesh. Malcolm heard his daughter gasp behind him. He watched as his wife transformed into Arnando. The inhuman figure dug his claws into Jaden's stomach, removing a small metallic object with a blinking red light on it. Malcolm watched as his son fell to the ground right after Arnando removed this tiny metallic object. It was as if the mysterious object had been controlling Jaden's body. Malcolm knew for sure that his son's dead body was being controlled by this object. He saw his child rise to his feet after Arnando placed the object back into his stomach. When Arnando raised his left arm, Jaden did the same thing. When the gangster lifted his right arm, the child copied that movement. Malcolm felt sick to his stomach when he saw that his dead child was being remotely controlled by some type of gadget disguised as a bullet. Alicia had her hand up to her mouth, and she felt her eyes swelling up with tears. It was like a real, never-ending nightmare. Her father was right. It was all a trap. What Alicia didn't know was that she and her father were standing dead center in the middle of Arnando's trap. Malcolm felt the air change direction behind him. Before he could turn around, a prickly, clawed hand had swallowed the back of his neck. Welcome to the party. A grumbling voice penetrated his ear before a powerful hand slammed his head into the tree. Alicia screamed up at the night sky when a pair of colossal, rock-solid arms swallowed her waist. She tried to fight the towering reptilian criminal, but her 120-pound body was no match against the cold-blooded behemoth. Alicia saw blood leaking from her father's forehead. The head injury didn't stop her father from fighting back, though. Malcolm shook off the blow, and adrenaline possessed him. The wrathful father threw a few punches at his attacker. He summoned the strength to tackle the bulky man-serpent, and he body-slammed the gangster, using every martial arts skill that his wife had taught him. He went for the second man-serpent that was violating his daughter. Malcolm grabbed the reptilian gangster by his throat, and he yanked the monster off his daughter, and he was about to put the snake-eyed drug dealer in a headlock, but the monster threw Malcolm over his shoulder after biting off two of his fingers. The reptilian man also dislocated Malcolm's wrist after flipping him on his back. Malcolm screamed out while grabbing his bleeding hand. He laid on his back while looking up at the half-transparent humanoid demon who was still holding Malcolm's severed fingers between his fangs. No, Malcolm roared after he watched the second reptilian man knock his daughter unconscious. Arnando laughed at Malcolm's cries of anguish. The crime boss patted both of his men on the back before approaching Malcolm. He straightened out his suit collar and his cufflinks while casting his opposing shadow over Malcolm. 
He kept his human form as he studied the agony on Malcolm's face. The gangster never said a word as he reached down, grabbing Malcolm's injured hand. Orlando put his victim's severed fingers up to his lips, and he tasted the blood. Malcolm tried to pull his damaged hand away, but Orlando had a death grip on his fingers. He enjoyed causing Malcolm more pain than he had a right to by using his fangs to rip Malcolm's nail cuticles out of his remaining fingers and thumb. Oh, did I hurt you? My bad. A snarling chuckle escaped after he spitted Malcolm's bloody fingernails on the ground. I'm sorry you and your family were in the wrong place at the wrong time. I knew that the pulse reactor bullet I implanted in your son would lure you and your daughter into my trap. Well, it took a few hours for the bullet to activate, but it finally did. Arnando's devilish smirk never left his face. I'm going to kill you and your daughter. That's a shame. Arnando dragged Malcolm across the rain-soaked ground. He rolled his eyes, annoyed by Malcolm's screaming. He didn't care about causing the injured father more pain by pulling on his severed fingers. I'll kill you quickly, but I'm going to kill your daughter first. Arnando spoke like a man discussing the terms of a business contract. Malcolm attempted to speak, but the excruciating pain radiating from his injured hand and dislocated wrist caused him to stutter. You, you don't have to. Do this? Arnando finished Malcolm's sentence through a sadistic chuckle. All my victims said the same thing. They tell me I don't have to kill them, but killing is in my nature. Arnando kicked Malcolm in the face to stop him from screaming. He ordered one of his men to bring Malcolm's daughter to him. The girl was still unconscious after sustaining a hard blow to her jaw. Please, don't, Malcolm pleaded with the gangster, but he was wasting his breath. I've been doing drug deals on this planet for about a year now. Orlando reached into his suit jacket, pulling out a switchblade. He continued speaking down to Malcolm through a gentle Slovenian-like accent. He took Alicia out of the arms of his man, and he laid the child in his lap after crouching down. He toyed with Malcolm, playfully lifting his knife back and forth across Alicia's throat. Please, don't kill her. I mean, you already shot my boy. Malcolm tried to sit up, but one of Arnando's men knocked him back down by placing his heavy foot on Malcolm's chest. I'll do anything you want. Just don't kill my baby. Malcolm begged for mercy. He felt emasculated by Arnando. He couldn't protect his daughter from this creature, just like he couldn't protect his son. And tears stung Malcolm's eyes. He knew that if he cried in front of Arnando, the serpent gangster would feed on his weakness. It was too late. He cried for the life of his daughter, and Arnando owned him. Arnando stared at Malcolm with amusement in his snake eyes. The dealer found his victim's tears to be fascinating. He never understood why humans cried. Don't kill her. Kill me instead. Fucking kill me. Malcolm roared at Arnando. He watched as Arnando held the blade of his knife over his daughter's throat. The killer was about to slit the girl's throat in half in front of her father. But he hesitated when he thought of something more sinister. He then placed his sharp eyes on Malcolm's son. He'd had fun reanimating the dead child, but 
what he was about to do to Alicia would bring him more pleasure. Malcolm caught his breath, and his heart was pounding beneath his tongue. The desperate father wanted to breathe a sigh of relief, but Arnando wanted to keep the man's heart rate above normal. I've killed kids before. Arnando savoured his words through a smirk. Human children are the easiest to kill. Their hormones are the chemical foundation behind this narcotic. Arnando pulled a small vial out of his suit pocket that contained a sapphire-blue powdery substance. Oh, humans are so fucking stupid. They purchase my drug and they don't even know that they're getting high off the remains of their offspring. That's why they die once they've consumed my drug. I put a special minor ingredient inside the narcotic that doesn't blend well with the other ingredients. Yeah, they think the drug's going to give them power but it puts them in an early grave every single time. Well, since my narcotic is based on the ionized remains of children, I called it Doll X. Because all kids are dolls, aren't they? Arnando snickered and shook his head. Malcolm couldn't say anything. He just laid on his back, unable to move, from one of Arnando's men pinning him to the ground. Every time a human consumes my narcotic, they die. Oh, they all die in different ways, too. I've watched them burn up. I've watched them get liquefied from the inside out. Arnando paused for a minute while licking his lips. I want to see what will happen to your daughter after I give her this. Malcolm remembered what had happened to the naked woman. The father became irate and he tried to get up from the ground, but both of Arnando's men grabbed him. He got punched in his ribs, which sent him back down on his knees. Wake up, princess. It's time to take your medicine, Arnando whispered in Alicia's ear. Come on, open wide for daddy. The gangster woke Alicia up. He wanted her to be conscious. He wanted the girl fully aware of what he was about to do to her. It aroused him, knowing that Alicia would have a negative effect from consuming his narcotic. He wondered how she would die. Was she going to burn up like his other human clients? or die in a new way. Alicia slowly opened her eyes to see her father down on his knees in front of her with his face soaked in sweat and blood. Daddy, the child moaned out that one word. She had no time to scream when Arnando pried her lips open, dumping his lethal narcotic down her throat. Alicia gagged and choked as the alien substance clogged up her esophagus. Oh, take it nice and easy, baby doll. Don't swallow it all at once, Arnando whispered in the girl's ear, while keeping his massive snake-scaled hand bolted over her mouth, forcing the child to swallow every ounce of doll eggs. Malcolm lost his mind when he could see that his daughter was beyond saving. He didn't care about dying anymore. He felt that he had nothing to lose, and a primitive rage possessed him. Without even thinking about it, he took down Arnando's man within three minutes. Malcolm went berserk on the two reptilian henchmen. He took a hunting knife off of one henchman, and he partially decapitated the off-world criminal with a few stabbing blows to his throat. He went to work on Arnando's second man, breaking the gangster's leg and snapping his arm so viciously that the bones in his elbow pierced through his forearm. The monster dropped to his knees, growling in pain. His partner's decapitated body was the last thing he saw. 
Malcolm wrapped his bulky arm around the reptilian man's neck, and he kept twisting until he heard his cervical vertebra snapping in half. Hernando's man went limp, and the creature fell on his face, dead as a stone, after Malcolm took his arm away. Hernando applauded after watching his men die. He tossed Malcolm's daughter to the side like a piece of trash, and then he jumped to his feet, inviting Malcolm to tackle him. The demonic criminal kingpin quickly recalculated himself after Malcolm knocked the wind out of him. Oh, Hernando couldn't decide if he wanted to fight Malcolm in his human form or in his reptilian form. The gangster quickly decided that his reptilian form would give him an advantage. He endured a few blows to his ribcage, but... The drug-dealing beast shook off Malcolm's heavyweight punches. Then Armando grabbed Malcolm's face and he lifted the angry father off his feet. He dug his claws deep into Malcolm's face, piercing his forehead and his cheekbones. Orlando took great pleasure in damaging Malcolm's face. He wanted to crush his skull in the palm of his hand, but Malcolm fought his way out of Orlando's grip. Malcolm drove the palm of his hand into Orlando's throat. He kept fighting even though blood was cascading from his forehead and dripping into his eyes. Malcolm had to avenge the death of his son and daughter. It had begun as a fun hiking trip with his children, and it was ending with Malcolm brawling in the middle of the woods with a brutal young man who wasn't human. Malcolm still couldn't work out if he was going to wake up from his dream. Well, dream or not, Malcolm felt determined not to lose this fight. A deathmatch ensued between Malcolm and Arnando, but neither man nor humanoid beast would win the fight. Malcolm couldn't feel the pain. He would block out feeling Arnando jab his claws into his chest. Well, Arnando's claws felt like razor blades, but Malcolm invited the pain. He didn't fear Arnando anymore. He shut out that surrealism of his situation. He ignored the fact that he was fighting a bad boy extraterrestrial. Malcolm shifted his head, watching as Arnando's fist blew past his face. Every time he would throw a punch, Malcolm would make the criminal pay with an elbow to his jaw. He enjoyed knocking Arnando back with an uppercut to his chin. Malcolm enjoyed dropping on one knee and swinging his leg around, kicking Arnando's feet from beneath him. Arnando landed on his back, smacking the back of his skull against a stone. He became furious when he realized that he was allowing a human to outmuscle him. The gangster leapt up from the ground, driving his dagger-shaped claws into Malcolm's torso. He head-butted Malcolm across his face before lifting him off his feet again with his claws embedded in his stomach. Malcolm knew that if Arnando removed his claws from his stomach, he would bleed to death, but he didn't care. He allowed Arnando to roar in his face. At first Malcolm thought it was over until he saw something... He witnessed his daughter rising from the ground. Malcolm saw his daughter stealthily approaching Arnando from behind. He wasn't sure if he was seeing his daughter or something else. It shocked the father to see his daughter alive. He was even more shocked to see her levitating three feet above the ground. Alicia's skin emitted an amber glow. It looked like an army of fireflies was beneath her light brown skin. Even her braided hair resembled a smoldering golden fire. Her eyes burned brighter than the lightning in the night sky. Arnando was so focused on killing Alicia's father that he didn't know that death was sneaking up behind him. 
and for Orlando. Death took the form of a gorgeous Jamaican, Asian-American, 16-year-old girl. When Arnando felt a simmering hand puncture his spinal cord, he knew he was in trouble. He cried out when he felt his ribcage burst into flames. What the f- But before Arnando could finish his sentence, he turned to see Alicia holding his left lung. Arnando collapsed on his hands and knees while staring at Alicia, not even noticing that he had a charred, gaping hole that went from his spine to the front of his left ribcage. His eyes locked on his burnt-up lung that Alicia was cradling in her petite hands. He couldn't scream or say anything, because Alicia placed her scorching hand on his throat, searing his windpipe. The teenager then kneeled in front of Arnando, locking her hand over his mouth, and she watched as he choked to death on his esophagus, which instantly became a lump of burnt ashes sitting in his throat. Take it easy, baby doll. Don't swallow it all at once. Alicia threw Arnando's words back in his face through a visceral whisper. She burned through Arnando's neck, incinerating his Adam's apple, his trachea, and his vocal cords. This is for the people and children you murdered. Nobody likes a baby killer. Alicia hissed in Arnando's face. Orlando didn't understand how Alicia could be alive. He'd never encountered a human who was resistant to the side effects of this narcotic. He also realized that he'd only given his drug to human adults, and that Alicia was the first child to consume Dolex. The last thought Orlando had was that human children were immune to his narcotic, and the reptilian thug's eyes reverted into his skull and he died painfully before his skull exploded from the intense heat that Alicia was administering to his body. Malcolm flinched when a few hot fragments from Arnando's skull flew in his face. The father couldn't take his eyes off his daughter. He witnessed her revive Jaden. The fire beneath Alicia's skin died down. She felt like God had embodied her. Daleks had a different effect on the teenager. It was going to be an effect that the world would never forget. Alicia became a new, all-powerful version of Mother Nature, who no longer had to deal with acne or the burden of going through her period. When Alicia looked up at the stormy night sky, the rain, lightning, and the thunder dissipated when she telepathically told the rainstorm to stop. Malcolm slowly rose to his feet while holding his bleeding stomach. He'd never seen a resurrection before. Alicia astonished her father when she sent renewed life into her little brother. She healed the bullet wound in his stomach and shoulder. Jaden had no memory of dying. When the little boy opened his eyes, his mouth dropped open when he saw his big sister bending down to kiss him with her eyes shining brighter than the high beams on a car. Jaden couldn't speak, and he was now more amazed than frightened. He rubbed his eyes, trying to see if he was imagining the whole thing. Honey, you okay? Malcolm asked his daughter through a shocking breathlessness. The father limped to his daughter, and his fear of her lasted for a few seconds. But Malcolm looked down when Alicia placed her hand on his stomach, healing his wounds. He bent down, allowing his daughter to heal the open gashes on his forehead and the rest of his face. She healed his fingers and relocated his wrist. 
after healing the wounds on her father and bringing her little brother back from the dead, Alicia had a question for her dad. She kept her glowing eyes on her father as she reached up to caress his face before gently saying, Dad, do you mind if I borrow the car tomorrow night? I want to take my boyfriend to see that new zombie movie. So another brilliant long, long story there for you on Dr. Creepin's channel. <laughs> yeah, well, um, people keep uh, delivering them. The authors, thank you so much, all of you, for just giving me these wonderful, wonderful stories to read. Hope you enjoyed that one. That was really good. I loved that one. All came well at the end, like I promised at the start of the video. Yeah, I was getting a bit teary at the thought of the poor little boy dying. But, well, all came good, didn't it? Yeah. Don't mess with us, aliens. That's our message for you this evening. Ah, uh, well, another good one. It's Wednesday already, isn't it? Well, another podcast episode coming out tomorrow. Please, please uh, go over, give it a listen. Subscribe on whichever channel way you get your podcasts. All helps a little bit for me to uh, make that viable and keep it going. And I'll be back again here on Friday. Who knows what with, but something all together lovely for you, I'm sure. Until then, till next time, very, very sweet dreams, and bye-bye.